Welcome back, lads and ladettes, to episode 92. Um, this has been a, a whirlwind weekend. Like, it seems like one of the longest weekends in recent memory. I don't know if it's just me or you kind of feel that too, but it seems like it's just the never-ending weekend. Um, I don't know. My weekend was was pretty good. Um, I don't know, like, just got to hang out, got outside, went swimming, got to enjoy the weather, had good dinners and stuff. And uh, actually, like, let's just go into it right away here because this one will be a little bit of a longer episode just because McGee and I both have some two stories here, one each that we want to share before we get into our player battle and then get into our unreal interview with the uh, with the guys from Mosey. But basically, Friday night, I played hockey for the first time. And as I was telling McGee, like, I, I played pond hockey in the winter there. And I think we talked about it on the pod. So I probably played, like, four or five times max, I would think. And like pond hockey really doesn't do like a- actual hockey justice. Like you go out there and you're like, oh, like I feel like pretty tired. And like I'm bags. Like I haven't played in a while, blah, blah, blah. But like, it doesn't feel the same because you glide around and then you get to like stop and chat with the boys like every few minutes. Like it's not really a big deal. Mm-hmm. But it was the first time I fully suited up and played hockey since we lost out in lug in playoffs which probably would have been like the first week of march because actually you know what you know what we can almost pinpoint the date that i played the last game what what was the date that rudy gobert shut down the world uh march 14th maybe march 13th okay so that was the day whatever day that was (laughs) rudy gobert shut down the world march 11th okay march 11th because I've told the story on the pod. I uh, briefly, just to recap for any new listeners we have out there, people tuning in for this Mosey interview. Basically, I'm at school at Western. We're playing Lug. It's my fourth year. We got a playoff game that night. I was home that day in it back in Aurora, um, and I was filming something. I got hired to do a fi- like this filming job. I take the bus back to school, hang out with the boys, whatever, eat dinner, take a nap, wake up from my nap, and my buddy comes into my room and Hans, and he's like, "Yo." You're not going to believe this. Come upstairs. We look at the TV. Rudy Gobert shuts down the world. But basically, like at that point, we didn't know the world was like shut down. It was like Rudy Gobert tested positive, et cetera. So we go out, play lug. We lose 2-1. I scored. Not a big deal. But we lose 2-1 in the playoff game. Lug season's over. Next day, done. Lug canceled. Everything shut down. March 11th, last day I played hockey. So what is that from now? That's like, how many months is that, would you say? April, May, June, July, August. So 16 months. 16 months ago was the last time I played like a full-fledged hockey game. Almost 16 Mm. months to the date because uh, August 12th was Friday, I think, or August 14th, 13th. So 16 months, I played a full hockey game. And uh, dude, my cardio was there. Cause like not to pump my own tires, but like I work landscaping, like hardscaping. So we're outside lifting stone, running wheelies, like battling in the sun, physical fitness is there. I run occasionally. I come home, I work out like whatever. So I was like, I think I'm going to be pretty good in terms of conditioning and actual strength, but there's mm-hmm. one thing you cannot ever, ever, ever in your life replicate off the ice. And that is your skating legs. So, yeah. so for the first, like 15 20 minutes i would say i was like 
trying to get my my mind back into like actually playing five on five hockey because you know like you're trying to actually just remember like positionally somewhat it's not strict like we're just playing like pickup hockey but it's like okay i'm playing center or like forward like where the hell do i stand kind of thing like just remember <laughs> yeah. getting back into the groove of it and then like obviously your hands and your shot kind of have to follow of putting your stick in the right place Your my hand eye was pretty much there but like stick handling and that kind of stuff it was like it had to it just has to get back like you haven't done it and the last time I played pond hockey was even like six seven six months ago seven months ago right so like it's been a while since I've actually just played hockey so it's like starts picking up but as my brain and my hands start catching up to the game my skating legs and like I say skating legs just because like the lack of ability to replicate it anywhere else my legs were just shot like i felt like i was skating with cement blocks on my feet in quicksand like the oh combination of the two i was saying to mcgee before we got on here there was like one play where i caused a turnover in our own end and i'm skating up the ice with the puck on an odd man rush it must have been like a four on two or something and I'm flying and someone is back checking on me and I'm trying to, I'm trying to pick up speed to get away from this person. And as I'm going, I can feel my legs just like shutting down. I don't know how else to describe it. They were just stopped working. And I could like feel myself getting to the point of like, I might fall over. And I look up and see like, it was somebody I played midget hockey with. He was like skating with me. And I basically just slapped the puck at him and just skated right off the ice. And he goes in and like, they go on a three on two, whatever it was four on two. And I just sewered them and then come to the bench and he's laughing. And he's like, yo, what happened? I was like, dude, like I was going to fall over. <laughs> like there's no other way to put it, but like, yeah, so funny. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah, like I can't imagine, man. For me, it's all like, well, the skating legs, I don't even know what, how they'll be when I, cause like take this in the last time I've played a real game of hockey was at our lug event, um, which was when, oh my God, that was 2018 McGee. Yeah. That's a lot. <laughs> That's the last time I played a real game of hockey, and like August I had 2018, no, I had no legs then, because yeah. I it, and like from that point it had been like almost a full year uh, after right. my last like real hockey game that I that I haven't been on the ace since. I've played it like a, maybe ODR once or twice, right? Um, but yeah, man. So I I feel like I wouldn't be able to raise the puck, and I'm not even saying that like as a joke. jokingly. Yeah. yeah, I'm not saying that jokingly. I no, I my think first few shots, man. I legit was like. I was like trying to shoot it and it was like, if I was getting it in the air, it was just like fluttering, which was like, yeah. it wasn't just like floating or rainbowing, yeah. but it was like, I was shooting it. It was full fluttering. Or, you know, when you like go in and you feel good and you're like, I'm going to rip this and I would rip it. It was like, it would be a hard shot, but it was just flat on the ice. And I was like, yeah. Oh, how do I do this again? Like what the hell? Yeah. Like, or like yeah. one play, like this was one, this was the only one that I was like, man, I actually definitely just look like an idiot. But like, at least the other people there were probably in the same boat was, I was going on a two-on-one and uh, this is early on into the thing. And this is like before my hands and everything started catching up. So I'm like going on a two-on-one and I like go to like pass and the D-man slides and the goalie like starts to bite to go over to the pass. And I'm like, perfect. Like I'm going to basically fake shot like Jason Spezza, like fake shot and or fake whatever. And then like put it short side. And I go to shoot the puck and it legit goes five feet to the right of the net on the ice. Oh no. <laughs> and I just like looked at the puck and laughed out loud. The defenseman, like I knew who it was and he just standed up, stood up, sorry. And he just started laughing and he like looks at me and he's like, yo, I know what you're feeling right now. And I was like, all right, we're good then. We're good. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I just skated away. I'm like, oh, that was it's so tough. tough. Man. 
it's really not like riding a bike at all like it's no <laughs> you no. gotta like work at it yeah the and like, do, like part of it off. too yeah part of it too is like you think about even just like the timing of things so like a puck's being rimmed around the boards i would go to put like my stick down to stop it or like grab it with my skate or something which like when i was playing lug before because we were playing like one sometimes t- two times a week i could do that like no problem and by no means am i an exceptional hockey player like i'm playing fucking lug hockey for a reason here right but like you can do it and if you're like we played at a high somewhat of a higher level of hockey you played higher than i did but like you have those things in your bag like you can rely on those to be like yeah Yeah. you can like stop the puck on the board so like pick it up off there and like i would go to pick it up with my stick or my skate and the puck would just like bounce out into the slot i'm like sorry boys like (laughs) (laughs) but by the end like i honestly hands and mind and everything were there i picked it up but like at the end legs just couldn't do it. And I, last thing I'll say about this was like the guy who organized it, I played midget hockey with him. It's kind of funny. I like was going for 30, 40 second shifts, like real quick here. And, uh, I like come to the bench and this is like pickup. Like you could just coast out there for like a minute, a minute and a half, but I come to the bench. This is like the last 10, 15 minutes of the skate. And he goes, Philly, like he was the guy swapping for me. And he goes, you can stay longer if you want. And I said, dude, I literally can't stay longer. <laughs> like there's no, I can't, I cannot stay out there. I will come back here, rest for however long you want to go out there and then go give it, give it a little bit of effort for 30 seconds and get off again. Cause that's yeah, all I can here. produce out here. I love that. A coach's dream, just a quick yeah. shift. But that's I so mean, funny. pat on the back. I did score the last goal of the game and we weren't keeping like score, but as far as it was known, it was like the general assumption was like, game-winning goal so like paddle in the back yeah. there i mean yeah, that's, that's a good feel. that's like that last shot in golf where like you you played terrible you shot 120 but the last shot you chipped it to a foot from the from the hole and you put yeah. it in you say i'll be back tomorrow <laughs> that was yeah, that was the, exactly. that was the play it'll, I scored it'll and I was like, I'll play again <laughs> yeah i'll yeah. play again that's unreal man like i uh yeah dude the, the hockey legs are something that like I, I feel like i took for granted when i was playing and now it's like I don't know if they'll be able to help me out. Like, I don't know if they'll be, uh, they'll be there when yeah. I need them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's hear about your weekend though, because yeah, man, you I- had something really cool happen to you and it was on Instagram and I had uh, a bunch of people like talk to me about it being like, yo, McGee's like getting out there. Like what's going on here? So it was the weirdest thing. Okay. So like, um, on Friday night, um, I was meeting up with Lindsay to just hang out. And I think she was ha- going to the Arkells show. I wasn't. But the plan was I, I was going to go downtown, grab dinner with my brother, Cam. Shout out, Cam, listener of the show. And uh, and then we, I was going to just like meet up with with her after the show, her and her friends, and then go back to her place uh, from Burlington. So I drive to Burlington like during my, uh, my lunch break on Friday, finish up work, whatever. Her friends start arriving. Uh, I was having a good time getting some drinks uh, in us. And I'm, I'm like t- chatting up some of the guys that are there, just like shooting the shit, like whatever. And they're like, yo, are you coming to the show? I'm like, nah, man, I'm going to dinner. And it's like, oh, no, you should come. Like, it's going to be so fun. Like, come. And like, I'm like, fuck it, that would be fun. I eh? like, I don't know, man. I haven't, been, I haven't been to a concert in time. I've only been to two concerts in my life. And one of them is Imagine Dragons. Actually, in three. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> it's just so random. Scotty's like, hey, my girlfriend canceled on me. Do you want to come see Imagine Dragons? And I'm like, <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> let's do it. Uh, so yeah, I've been to Boots. I've seen Chicago and the Doobie Brothers. Uh, Travis Scott, Scotty took me for my birthday. And then uh, 
yeah, Imagine Dragons, and now the Arkell. So, so that's four uh, concerts then. Four, okay, but still not a lot, not a big concert okay. guy. But yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, uh, so yeah, like I'm like texting my brother. I'm like, hey, well, I may or may not go to the Arkells now. I'm I'm considering buying a ticket, but if it does happen, I'm still gonna go go grab dinner with you because that was the, the original plan. I'm not yeah. bailing on that. So I get a few more drinks in me, and then I'm like, all right, all right, let's. You know what, like. I'm doing this. I'm pulling the trigger. Pull the trigger. I buy the, I buy the, uh, you flip the switch. Yeah. I flip the switch and I finally like buy the uh, ticket to the Arkells, like probably a 30 seconds before we're like, I buy, bought the ticket to the concert. Like at the same time I was buying the train tickets, like okay. to go downtown, like it was like an instantaneous, just like a spontaneous decision. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So I bought the tickets and like, I hop on the train and, uh, I'm a big, I'm a big, heads up guy like i i like heads up in like public places with like in line for the just bar. briefly explain heads up heads up is like um it's a game where you have it on your phone and you put it on your forehead and then people right. try to like tell the tell, tell the user whoever is holding the phone like what they try to explain it without actually like giving it away like it could be like a person place or thing there's different categories it can be act out movies like celebrities you name it yeah. so then um i i could do that in line the bar sometimes like if i'm just like feeling feeling it like it just is a good way to get the crowd engaged if you're out there in the have some time have some time and it's always fun it's a it's a like fan favorite everybody loves it everyone gets into it so i start doing it on the bus i pull up my phone and i'm passing my phone around the friend group and i just see a couple people who are like kind of like looking at us and smiling and like looking they're trying to like help give some answers and stuff so i'm like all right like hey like, you want in like yeah like come on here i just give the person my phone i'm like yeah your turn like do it do it so then I get they, their friend group involved and then they have like a turn and like, they're, like everyone's shouting at them. And then like further down the train, someone's like, looks like they're, they're shouting out, out at, shouting out answers. And I'm like, all right. Like I grabbed the phone from her after she was done, walked it to the other side of the train. Like it was, I kid you not, Philly, it was our whole car, um, <laughs> of, like a whole section of the go train was yeah. involved in this game. Like in, in that little video. So like long story short, we, we do this, go to the concert. I grabbed dinner with my brother first. So they, my friends get off at uh, exhibition where at Budweiser stages. I get off at Union, um, have more like drinks and dinner with my brother, and then uh, Uber back to Budweiser stage and meet them. I think I missed like maybe a, the first song or two. Like, I was a little bit late, but it was whatever. I already had plans. Spontaneous yeah. decision. Plus, I bought the ticket with my ticket ma- master money, which I got for like my birthday or something in like 2017. Oh, perfect. That I haven't been able to spend. <laughs> yeah. Um, like fuck it. Like may as well. Free concert. Then, uh, yeah, free concert essentially. And I uh, go in and, and have a good time. And then I wake up the next morning to this uh, like video that like, my, like Lindsay shows me. She's like, oh, look at the, look, look what the Arkells posted. And it's a video of us in the train, like playing this, uh, playing like he- heads up or whatever the game is. I'm like, you gotta be yeah. fucking kidding me. That's unreal. And like, it, it, I wish the video doesn't show like, everything because it was like way bigger than that. I think like my phone is the one being used in the video. I don't think I'm not in that video. Okay. Um, that's like further down the train um yeah because i was looking for you and i didn't see you i think but i think I knew I knew that was but uh yeah so like it was it was kind of crazy and like the whole and like train cars are big but it was the yeah. whole train car that got in on this so it was my most successful game uh of heads up to date i'd say and everybody was having a blast everyone was like cheered they just cheers each other and got off the train at the same time like everyone had such a blast playing heads up and then the arkells posted it so i'm like oh that's pretty dope what the hell Screen yeah. recorded through my own story, and then Simony DMs me. Was that, was that you? Like, is, is that real? Like, is that you? I'm like, yeah. Like, well, not me, but like, it's yeah. It's my phone. Yeah, yeah. It's my phone. 
my yeah. idea about my brainchild that's unreal how was the concert what was it like being back in like a public event like that dude it was nuts not a single mask was worn ever right. like not a, and it was like full capacity like you had like outdoor shoulder, concert you had though, right? like, outdoor concert but it was still yeah. as busy as any other budweiser stage lawn concert you know like really it was i couldn't have told tell, like there's no difference no difference right. i don't think there was even like restrictions on seating or like capacity it didn't True. feel that way anyways because it was still like as busy as ever you'd like shoulder your way through like try to get to the bar like 20 minute wait to get a, a beer a at yeah. beer. It's like, oh <laughs> yeah. yeah and uh yeah it was fun though crazy like I, I got pretty loaded it was fun but like it was just like i couldn't believe how how full it was and how almost like i guess what i'm trying to what i'm trying to go with this is people have short memories yeah like it's like it never even happened like covid never even like everyone is just out and about again and like enjoying themselves enjoying the music having a good time and it's like yeah not a care in the world so it's pretty cool to see just like almost eerie it's weird it's just weird to be like wow we're so close this is what we've been waiting for but it still felt so normal that's fun though that's a good weekend yeah, got on the no. Arkell's Instagram story as well. I, I so know, shout I out know, you for starting a movement. Yeah. Yeah. Might have to. Uh, yeah. I don't know, man. Try to get them on the pod, maybe. Yeah. That's, that's our next uh, next guest. We got to work I know, on that. I tagged them in my story. They they still says sent. They haven't seen it yet. So. Okay. Okay. Once they, once well, they say seen, I'll like wait. I'll be waiting in my DMs to, for it to change. The second the it says seen. <laughs> yeah. second it says seen. Welcome. Come on our pod. Yeah. yeah. Just spam them. All right. Well, before we get too deep into this episode, we still have an amazing interview coming up here. We do have to do our episode 92 player battle. So these two guys, both TV personalities, one is a huge TV personality in Canada. One of them is a TV personality. I would have to say worldwide. He actually host was part host of a massive television show. So uh, before we get into who they are, let's go with the the competition here. So it's the international cherry pit spinning competition or championship. You've heard of talented tongues tying cherry stems in knots, but the International Cherry Pit Spinning Championship takes things further by challenging contestants to fire fruit pits as far as they can spit them. The 47th edition is slated for the 4th of July in 2020, but the competition is steep. Kevin Boomerang Bartz got his second win in 2019 with a 58-foot, three-and-a-quarter-inch spit at the 2019 competition held at Tremendous Fruit Farm near Eau Claire, Michigan. So basically, I guess you just, like, stand on a line similar to, like, any other, like, a a standing long jump, and you just spit this fruit pit as far as you can. But 58 foot, (laughs) that's mental. Kevin Boomerang Bartz. That is a nickname right there. Boomerang Bartz. I can't believe that, man. 58 feet. I was expecting it to be like 12 feet. Like Same. Same. When I like found this competition, I was like, this is going to be like a 10, 15 foot like spit. 58 what feet. What do you think man. his trajectory is? Like, do you think he's more of like a, like a line drive guy or he's got more of an arc to it? Like how? I think be? it's like, a, okay, did you ever play that game on, um, what was it called? What mini clip? Where it was called Pebble Dash? And so the, the yeah. person goes and winds up their arm and they spin their arm around and then they throw a pebble across the pond and like, yeah, you have yeah. to like throw the pebble. Okay. So this is my predicted arc. It's less of a, of an upwards and it's less of a downwards. It's this happy medium where you get enough steam and power, like an airplane taking off uh-huh. for it to go out and across. 
so that when it lands, it doesn't come dead. But then that being said, when it goes down, it doesn't like, it's not rolling as much as if you were to shoot it straight, like straight or down. So I'm thinking yeah. he's got like a happy medium between a perfectly flat spit and a more upwards one. It's more like an airplane taking off kind of angle. Yeah, like a nice 45 degree, maybe like a. Yes. Yeah. That's kind of the arc that I'm pre- predicting. I, you know what? I agree with that. I agree with that. But we have two kind of, yeah, unique competitors, I'd say. Um, yeah. So, like, we may as well just get right into it. All right. I'm down here. Let's go. So, the first competitor, he was drafted in the first round, fifth overall by the Hartford Whalers in the 1994 NHL entry draft. He played 11 years in the NHL for the Hartford Whalers before they became the Carolina Hurricanes, and he ended his career with the Toronto Maple Leafs. In 821 career games played, he totaled 237 goals and 259 assists for 496 points. An OHL Rookie of the Year, a World Junior Gold Medalist, and a one-time 40-goal scorer in the NHL. He's the host of TSN's Overdrive and a member of TSN's Hockey Panel, a six-foot-one, 194-pound right winger from King City, Ontario, Jeff O'Dog O'Neill. Our second competitor. He was drafted in the second round, 40th overall by the New York Giants in the 1993 NFL Draft. He played 15 years in the NFL, all for the New York Giants. In in 216 NFL games, he started 205, had four interceptions for 124 yards and two touchdowns, as well as 15 fumble recoveries. And on top of that, he had 854 combined tackles, of which 663 were solo tackles and 188 were assisted, as well as 27 quarterback hits. A 2001 AP Defensive Player of the Year, a seven-time Pro Bowl, a four-time All-Pro, a member of the Hall of Fame All-2000s team, a Super Bowl champion, and a member of the Football Hall of Fame, a six-foot-five, 255-pound defensive end from Houston, Texas, Michael Anthony Strahan. This is, uh, well, first of all, I'd like to say shout out King City, my roommate Luke Torelli uh, from King City, well, from Nobleton, technically. But okay. the one thing about being in King City and being from Nobleton is that when people ask you where you're from, nobody knows. Unless you're from York region, nobody knows where the hell King City is. <laughs> yeah. so I, I've had to listen to my roommate probably upwards of 100 times now, be like, huh, it's like, it's like north of Vaughn, basically Vaughn. And it's like, oh, and only then are people like, oh. Yeah, yeah. It's like, like he starts off. He's like Nobleton. He's like where? He's like King City. No, it's like North of Vaughn. Oh, oh. Yeah. Like oh, nice. Okay. So shout out. We we love you, people, listeners from King City. You're not forgotten. We know where you are. Yeah, that's what like when I say Aurora, I feel like Markham is much more well known. Especially there's a lot of people from Markham that like end up doing things, becoming like famous in some sort of thing, even like hockey or basketball or some stuff there's at least a couple people so it's like somewhat known whereas like when i say aurora and they're like where it's like and uh, i can't even say the north of Vaughn thing i have to go just north of toronto i'm like 30 minutes north of toronto because like there's the next one down is like stoville and do you think like people know stoville more than aurora like no, probably no. not like, i feel like new people know new market you like, gotta think right because like aurora and new market like, i guess at least yeah, yeah so we're like south I, of I, south of yeah. uh new market but yeah uh-huh. um anyways michael strand he's host of or was host of good morning america correct yeah, is that what it yeah, was with was. kelly and michael that's what it, i think that's what that's, it was and then it just became exactly a solo show i think he just, think so. just with michael now i don't even know how he like, got into that job was he always like a good media like guy like 
I know I he like know. won a Super Bowl like shortly before retiring, right? He won like a, yeah. one of the like a Super Bowl with the uh, Giants. Yeah. And then uh, I don't know how he would have gotten into that because it's not like he was like a really recognizable guy. Like, he was a good player, but it just seems such a weird career transition to me for to, for him to like get just that go to Good Morning America, not even like a football analyst kind of thing. Yeah. He probably yeah. was a football analyst at some point though. We just haven't. We're not as well researched at this point, clearly on him, but. This is one of those um, ones where we just kind of like threw it together. Like, but like everyone knows who these two guys are. Yeah. Um, but you had a funny, funny like take on on Michael Strahan's ability to uh, to to launch the seed. Yeah. So originally, I was thinking like the gap tooth might might have some <laughs> sort of <laughs> their effect on his cherry spitting. But like the more I think about it, the more I confuse myself, and I can't tell if it would be a benefit or a deficit. And I'm starting to think it would be a deficit. It'd be hard. It depends on like the, uh, the distance between those two teeth. Yeah. Like he's got quite a bit of the London look going on right now. With his he's leg. got a pretty big gap there. Yeah, the he's got a gap. But it, it could be, it could be like a perfect fit for the right. cherry to uh, the cherry seed to just like Far get through. launched through. Yeah. But it also could be too small where it would be useless. And then it may be like, I don't know, maybe cause you'd, I'm, I'm assuming you'd have to like, kind of like, trap in a lot of uh yeah air or whatever to like get that pressure and that extra gap in his teeth may release some of the the, the like the that's what i'm starting to think thing. i'm thinking that that cherry spit cherry spit can't go through there cherry pit sorry can't go through there and like when he goes to spit like that gap is just gonna like take away some of his force to be able to launch it so for that reason i i think i'm going with jeff the o-dog o'neill you know what i I, I like that pick, but I'm just like, I can't, I can't agree with you on this one. Like I'm going to be an optimist here and say that the, the cherry pit fits perfectly between his jibs and then it just helps him out. And it, it honestly makes it like airtight to give that maximum torque out of his mouth. So I'm going to go mm. Michael Strahan here because like, for, I guess it's a double-edged, double-edged sword here. Like could be his downfall, could be his greatest weapon. Um, but also I just feel like Jeff O'Neill is like such a vet where like, He's the kind of guy in that like that grew up in that era of like go to the bar to play darts, and he probably has a bunch of weird yeah. tricks up his sleeve. You know what I mean? He yeah. just seems like a guy who's like just has been around and just knows. Well, I've also tools. heard stories of him like he smokes darts and like chews tobacco or used to chew tobacco and stuff. So this guy probably like just walking around like launching tobacco spits. <laughs> yeah, he just seems like the kind of guy who knows how to like do that like with the bottle cap thing, you know? And just, oh like, yeah, yeah, you flip flying. the beer cap. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I just that's a good feel point. like uh, Jeff O'Neill's a man of like weird bar tricks. I just I just feel like he knows a fuck ton of. Oh, them. you know what one he can do? I've seen the video of when you put you put the uh, dimes or the quarters on your elbow, yeah. and you go like that, and you catch them as fast as you can. So basically, if you're just listening to the podcast, not watching on YouTube, and if you're not watching on YouTube, you should go and check it out on YouTube. Lads and launchers on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe, like, comment on all yeah. of our videos. Um, but you put dimes on your elbow, so you put your elbow like up in the air. And okay. your forearm is like, so that your hand is above your shoulder. If that's a good enough description, you put the dimes stacked on top of your elbow. And then in one motion, you bring your elbow down and your hand forward. And you try to catch the dimes or the quarters or whatever it is that you're using like as multiple. they fall. Yeah. So you stack them up and then try to catch them as they fall. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and I, I've seen him do that. I'll try to find the video like after. I think he probably had like 20 or something on there, like stacked. And he 
catches them out of the really? air. So yeah, I've seen him be able to do that. So there is like some element of cool bar tricks. So, you know, I'm, I'm still, I'm even more on the Jeff O'Dog O'Neill train here. Yeah. I, I don't know why I even thought that. It's not like I knew Jeff O'Neill had weird bar tricks up his sleeve. He just strike, you just like, I just got that vibe now. A guy sitting around like, hey, hey kid, come here. Like sitting by the dartboard, just like, <laughs> like a, a pint of like Guinness probably. He just seems like such an old head. He's just like thrown 180 over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. I feel like, yeah, I think he could do it, but he's thrown 18 perfect darts, but it was in a bar and nobody can ever speak yeah. of it, <laughs> but yeah. it did happen. Like it did happen for yeah. sure. Just nobody's there yeah. to tell the tale. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, so what do you, you're still on strand then? I'm still on strand just because of the teeth, man, regardless of how cool Jeff O'Neill is at the bar. Like it's just, I, I just don't think he can, he can overcome that, that gap tooth guy on the other Fair end enough. yeah so i'm gonna go michael strahan here all right well this one the, uh, really wrong either way like i think both no, are a good pick i agree well there you go the cherry pit spitting championship this has been a good battle two uh two good competitors two tv personalities but it's been long enough of uh, the two of us just yapping away about nonsense here um we got to get into this cool ass interview that we have lined up that we we, we got done the other day with uh, two guys, one guy from Laurier, one guy from Queens University. They absolutely hustled while they were in university, actually. So, and it just ended up turning into them creating this really smart app that takes a lot of different apps that we use in our everyday lives and manages to put them together in a way that will benefit not just students. Like this is something that I will 110% be downloading as soon as the app is officially launched, because I know that in my everyday life and when events are being planned, cottage weekends, I was just at a cottage weekend a couple of weeks ago, and they're trying to organize food and grocery lists and all that. And who determining who's paid, who it, it can be a problem. It can be really tricky. And then on top of that, transferring funds between people can get annoying because you got to go to a separate app and then you got to mark it down on a list who has and hasn't paid. This app, it takes care of all that. So with that being said, I want to introduce our guests of episode 92, the creators of Mosey. We're now joined by two budding entrepreneurs. One went to Queens and one went to Laurier. They are the founders of Mosey, a money sharing app to make it easy to schedule events um, and just transfer funds back and forth to, to make it just make things easier. Give yourself some adventure in your life. Um, and I know a bunch of people from my school are on board. Um, one of my friends, Vic, shout out Vic, who kind of set us up with this interview, uh, works for Mosey. And I've seen their content on TikTok. I've seen them promote their brand. So we thought, what better way to figure out what these guys are all about than to have them on the show? We're now joined by Aiden and Luke. Thanks a lot. That's a great Thanks. entry. Thanks for having us. Thanks for coming on, boys. First thing I want to get into here. Uh, how did you guys come up with this name and then just like give us the proper enunciation because like it was one of the very first things that we just did is like butcher the name and how to say it so how did you guys come up with this name like what does it mean anything specific and then how often do people screw up how to say it well i guess to start things off people screw it up all the time um where, where it came from was um when it was just luke and i working in the office and we, we kind of developed this idea and we realized, okay, now we got to, we got to name this thing. And, uh, and I think Luke, it costed something like, like a thousand bucks to do like a legal check on a name. Yeah. It's two, 200, 250 bucks. Every time you want to search up a name for copyright. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so we, we were at the point and we're like, okay, well, we don't really want to just go with like a generic name, like a word. 
um, that one, it, it, it's going to corner us. So for example, if, if we, we started running with this like events idea where you could collect money for events, but we didn't want to name the app anything really to do with events, because then if we ever wanted to pivot or kind of branch off from the events, then the name doesn't make sense anymore. So we decided that we were going to come up with our own word to name it. And we, st- we started just getting creative. We were like searching up the name of like Greek gods to try to like, uh, <laughs> like just get some inspiration. And then, so we kind of started just building our own words. We had a whiteboard with probably like 500 different potential names written oh, on no. it. And, and Luke and I would sit there for like, we kind of like put it aside three hours a day and be like, okay, let's just write names and like go through them. And then the next day we'll see if we still like them. And we would just be like coming up with like the biggest bullshit ever and just be like <laughs> crossing them out. Be like, okay, there's no chance you can use this. But uh, then, yeah, we kind of narrowed it down to like a couple of them. Well, yeah, we got, we got about, we got about 20 names left on the board and we were like, okay, we're launching in a week. Like we've got to pick something here. So we called our lawyer and we were like, listen, John, we've got 20 names here. You're going to pick which name you think sounds best. And then he ended up picking Mosey. And so a lot of the things you're trying to do is create kind of like one, we were trying with the acronyms, but then Mosey, it was just like a pool of money. We were starting to think of stuff like that. And so it's like a sea of money. Uh, just because like kind of our main value prop is 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 group spending, right? Pooling money together. Um, yep. And so that's how it kind of came up. We were we were stretching really hard for that one. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, now that now that you guys have said that, like I honestly love that name. Like I, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have been smart enough to put two and two together. But now that you guys actually came out and say it, like Mosey makes perfect sense for what you guys are doing. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone pronounces it Mosea. Yeah, but it's still it's still like generic enough where, like you guys said, you can pivot, but it it works it works on so many levels, guys. Good that's, job. That's right. Like we we can <clears throat> using Mosey, we could really be anything. We could be like a landscaping company for like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, before even coming up with the names here, how did you guys decide like this was a, a the kind of company? Not even just like you wanted to create your own company, but how did you decide this was the kind of company you needed to create? Because like there are other crowdfunding uh or even sp- like event splitting apps out there that do exist right now so like how did you guys decide like okay this is something we need to do yeah that so this is a bit of a long story i actually haven't told this story since we were like the first time we started pitching investors um and so so basically when i was in fourth year so three or four years ago um i was at a bar one night we were watching the buds game and we couldn't get a beer. We were at Pub on King, actually. So, so we couldn't get a beer. We, like, we were going up to the bartender, nothing. And so I, I remember going home that night and being like, this is so inconvenient. And so I thought of this idea where essentially you would walk into the bar, you would have this app on your phone where you would have all your IDs digitized onto it. So you, when you walk up, the bouncer scans your QR code. They know exactly who you are. You walk in, you can order drinks to your table. You can order drinks for other people that are at the bar. You can see lines and like what's going on at other bars. Um, and so eventually kind of was like, okay, well, why don't I try and stick to this? And so went down and as you start to go down this path, you realize that like bar owners, especially in student populations are run by really, really conservative people that just do not want to change like anything technologically. Right. So it's very, very archaic. Um, and you realize that it's hard to make deals with them. They're all in their own corner. If it's not broken, don't fix it kind of mentality. 
Uh, and so realized that this just wasn't going to work and it was going to take a ton of capital injection to kind of beat out the fragmented POS systems, which is what you would have had to, you know, um, integrate with if you wanted to successfully do this. And so realized that I just, one, didn't have enough expertise uh, and two, just didn't have enough capital to actually do this. And so I remember I got home from reading week and I was telling Aiden about this idea about the bar. And Aiden, Aiden was like, man, remember Tilt? Like, this is kind of similar to Tilt, except Tilt was like all about kind of group funding and going to parties and like splitting costs together. And right. Tilt, if you don't know, ended up running out of money um, and didn't have any revenue models, was just solely focused on growth, tried doing a fire sale, ended up selling to Airbnb back in 2017. And so we just took the kind of founding principles of Tilt put a monetization strategy into it, built a really, really solid team. And then that's kind of how we've, how we've started and, and taken off from there. Well, it's great. Like you guys haven't even launched fully yet. I see on your website, you still like we're, we're in the process of building our personal website for the podcast. And it's been, t- it's taken a while. And it's a pain in the ass. And we go over to look at yours and it's simplistic and it's just so clean. Um, and it seems I'm going somewhere with this, just hold on. But it seems like you, I've heard your name and I've heard Mosey and I've seen your logo around campus and I've so many friends who, who are on board. And as you're taking a sip from your branded cup, so I've, <laughs> I've seen so much shit, um, about your company, which is great. And you guys haven't even really gotten out there yet. So like, I, I, is, is that part of your strategy is kind of like making sure everything's spick and span perfectly uh, up to your standards before you guys go ahead with the, the full launch? Yeah. So yeah. I think I think Aiden can speak about the marketing side of it more, but with the with the tech side, like our CTO, um, he's he's you know in his mid 40s, he's like truly a perfectionist. He's sold a company in the past, um, and he's been a part of really high growth startups as well, where you know he's he's kind of made his money. So he joined the company, he talk, took like a $400,000 or so pay cut to join our company, um, just because he really, really believed in it. And and so so he is like top of the line and been developing this thing. Now we started developing the actual app portion of this about a year ago now, and he doesn't want to release it until it's absolutely perfect, which has been, you know, a little bit of a, a struggle, right? Cause now we're stuck with our web app, which just focused solely on this kind of event space. Whereas we want to branch off and do a lot of stuff with group payments and, and, and kind of get into that area, which is where we really, really feel like we can dominate. Um, and so, so it's just been this really like kind of long process where we've had to build up hype, keep the hype going and then keep, and then ride the momentum the entire way. Um, especially throughout COVID too. And so that's kind of where Aiden's taking it off in terms of like the marketing side, Aiden, if you want to go into that. A yeah. Bit. yeah. Yeah. And, and even just to add on that a bit, um, we have been pretty fortunate, I guess, obviously like COVID sucks and like, there's no denying that, but. Um, there's some silver lining in it because we've been, we've been kind of granted like almost a full year or more than a year, actually, that we've had time to just be working on the development of the app um, when like kind of nothing was going on. Right. But uh, yeah. So like in the meantime, and even though we don't have an app, we've kind of been pushing the website and the website, it, 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 the functionality is all there, but the design and the looks like we, we have like way greater, a way greater vision for it. So it's, it's kind of a weird spot to be in where we're pushing this website, but we don't necessarily love it. And I don't know, if right. but uh, yeah, we, like we've been, we've kind of been, been trying to be all over campus. Um, as you mentioned, like we're, we've been getting shirts up. A huge thing for us has been, we get these banners printed, these like big uh, three by five foot outdoor banners. And we just try to get them on as many houses as we can. So for example, we, yeah. at, at Queens University, um Aberdeen Street we go there and and because that's like you know like where they have like homecoming St. Patty's Day and all that 
and we, we're, we're like, we try to get as many posters with a Mosey banner on it um, just because it's a cool look. People rec- start to recognize the brand. And even if people don't know what they do, eventually, if they're ever explained what they do, or they come across yeah. our website or, or a sponsored ad on Instagram from us, they'll be like, oh shit, I've seen this company before. Um, like it's all over my school, you know, we've, we've received a ton of DMs and a ton of people reaching out, be like, Hey, I saw your banner. Um, like what exactly do you guys do? Um, so, you know, we do gain exposure that way. So that's been, it's been pretty good for us. Yeah. That's one of the things that you actually realize about marketing is, is like the marketing is just trying to get the brand awareness so that when you actually go with, with your sales team and when you go with your sales pitch, they've heard of your brand before they've seen it before. And it kind of brings in that psychology of, of trust into the mix. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so it's, it, yeah, it's kind of interesting seeing how people who are reaching out to us now because they've seen stuff. And then we had this one TikTok. I don't know, maybe you guys saw it as well. It kind of blew up. It got like four or 500,000 views, 50 or 60,000 likes. And we got literally 5,000 Canadian university students that messaged us asking about what we do, how they can get involved and whatnot. And so then that really helped us. Like we had at the time, a few hundred brand ambassador applications and that spiked it up to the thousands. And so just because of that one, now we have users in every single province within Canada, we've got brand ambassadors, we've got 40 to 50 brand ambassadors that we're going to have this year. And now we've got 120 houses that we're going to sponsor. And then that has just kind of spiraled into leading to other big brands. Um, I can't mention some of their names right now. I can mention them officially at the end of August, but some really big brands that have come on board now and are literally officially partnering with us to put on certain really, really big events. Um, you know, 5,000 person events that are coming up in September. And so it's kind of just all led to this really, really fruitful cycle. And, and it's just, you know, you, you spend so much time marketing and you get kind of one big break, but with all of those other little ones, it, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have hit. Yeah. So just out of like general curiosity is like your, the idea of what you guys are trying to do is like, you're trying to be the premier money splitting within the events themselves. So like when an event comes up and these people are trying to host events and they're like advertising their event and people are looking to get involved in the event or go to the event, you guys are next in line to be the people that split the money within the people who are attending the event. Is that kind of like the idea of what you guys are going for there with those events? Kind of, kind of. So our, our kind of uh, mantra at a company, kind of our foundational belief is that the future of consumer spending is social. So if you kind of look back to even, you know, January and February, when you had the wall street bets thing with like GameStop and AMC yeah. and all these retail traders that were literally teaming up together, right. To kind of fight the big dogs. Um, but then when you take it back to kind of an even more micro level and you look at it inside of your social circles, you've got people that are going on vacations together, people that are splitting utility bills, people that are splitting, splitting rent bills, going to restaurants together and splitting bills. And in every other country in the world, especially the states where you've got Venmo and Cash App, it's, it's, it's solved for you, right? Like you've got this kind of social feedback loop, you know where people are spending yeah. their money and it's, and it's very easy to not only coordinate, but organize so that you're not seen as like the debt collector. Whereas with Interact eTransfer in Canada, it's like, okay, I'm having a thing. I've got 15 people paying me. Who's still paid? You're, you're going through this whole checklist, right? The convenience of Interact eTransfer is it's free and it's reliable because it's part of your bank. Um, and so what we really want to do is help the future of consumer spending. And, and by that, we want to make sure that, so when you download the platform, what's going to happen when we release our app, which will come out in, in probably November, is what you'll see is, is basically what we have now. You can have a page where you can follow your friends, you can follow influencers, you can follow brands. You've got a news feed so you can see what all your followers activity is. Um, and then you can also create events, right? So you can, you can do what you can do now by creating events 
multiple tickets, tiered tickets, um, discount codes, right. all that. But kind of our core aspect is this kind of fun, fundamental groups aspect, right? So you can create a group with your roommates and you can go in there and, and split whatever cost it is and send them the money right away completely for free. Um, so, so we're not charging anything to do that. Right. So if you have, you know, oh, anything, so you, you can send the money within the app then within the app and it's okay. completely free and you can create a tab, right? So you can have a running tab of what everyone's purchased, right? So you always know what, what people are putting in. If you're going on vacation, right. Hey, I just spent 60 bucks on food. You just put it in at the end. It'll divide it all up. However you want, you can take a picture of a receipt, just post it right in there and start literally swiping the, the different items on the receipt to who owns it. Um, and so, so that's kind of what we're going for. And, and, and that's really what we want to hit the ground running with. Yeah. Wow. Also, go ahead. Go ahead yeah, yeah. So Zach, and, and kind of just to bring it back to your question when you, when you uh, were speaking about the events, um, sort of our marketing strategy originally was, and kind of still is, is that we want to be hosting events and that's why we kind of push the events and because the, for an event um, it's a quick way to get a hundred people on. Right. So yeah. we introduce people to our platform by, having people collect money for an event and then a hundred people, you know, create a profile and a hundred people send money using our platform. And then when they go home the next day, then they might, they might be like, oh, okay, well um, maybe I could use Mosey for this and, and not, you know, not just events. Mm -hmm. So events is kind of just like our way to get our foot in the door. No, I think that's really cool. I think I, part of it was just, I was trying to understand as well. Like um, I'm sure you guys are familiar with the app Splitwise. Uh, yeah. like I use Splitwise in university and you could go through there, but like you have to manually input everything that you've purchased and then you manually tag everyone who's done it, et cetera, et cetera. And then that being said, you also can't send the money within there. You send it via Interact e-transfer, come back to the app and do it there. So when you guys were explaining the events and stuff, I was just like thinking like that was a cool way to incorporate that as being like the next like the recommended app to sort that problem. But like, even as far as the um, just integration of being able to pay within the app is really cool. But then could you talk a little bit more about the thing with the uh, taking a photo of the receipts and swiping in and adding in? Like what kind of feature is that that's going to be added? Because I think that's really cool. Yeah. So one of the things that we're, that we're adding, it won't be in the initial release because we just want to get a product out there, obviously. But shortly thereafter is, is if you have a receipt, let's say you've gone grocery shopping, right? And, and so one of the things we noticed, especially at universities, is you'll have one, one or two guys at your house that has a car. And so they'll mm -hmm. take the car and they'll be the one who's buying groceries and you're always trying to hop in the guys who got the car, right? So, so one of the things that we noticed is that a couple of guys will go, they'll buy groceries for the whole place. Cause you know, like for example, uh, especially you guys, right? So you, I'm assuming that, you know, throughout university, a typical meal for students is like just chicken, broccoli, rice. Like that's <laughs> pretty much your go. Yeah, it's bang right? on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so, so you're buying like, you know, tons of frozen broccoli. You're buying like literally 10 packets of chicken breast and you're buying a ton of rice. And then what we would do is we would just split it with all our roommates. And so one of the things that we want to do is you just take a picture of that receipt and all the line items you can literally just put in to different people's accounts basically and then when the tab settles at the end you just pay what's owed but you've got money and so one of the things we've done is we've got a, an account so you can actually upload money to your mosey profile and it'll just sit in there and then the kind of the next obviously the next logical feature is we're going to start introducing merchant accounts so you can go to any physical or virtual location in the world or within canada to start um, and literally tap your phone and spend money there so if you were going to walmart from right within your mosey wallet you could just tap your phone and, and it pays right. for it Right. So that's kind of the next logical step. And, and it kind of goes down like that. That's unreal. Like as a, as a university uh, debt collector, like I feel like uh, sometimes I need to chase after my roommates with a crowbar, pull a Tanya Harding to get their, get my $8 and 80 cents for, for a hydro bill last month. Yeah. But like, I didn't even Apple. use, 
Yeah, and, and then I'm the asshole, and it's like I I didn't even use Splitwise. I'm doing it the old-fashioned way, keeping track on like a my own personal Excel spreadsheet. So when these guys come screaming at me, like, oh, what, what, how much did I pay or whatever? I already paid you. I'm like, no, you didn't, man. Like, don't shoot the messenger. Like, it's, I'm the one who's doing all the hard work here. Yeah. So exactly. something like Mosey is, is the solution to that. And I, I, like, I personally, not even trying to hype up your brand, I cannot wait to have a platform like that um, to make my life easier. And I'm yeah. sure a lot of people listening to this thing can relate to because it's like, it's not an easy task collecting the bills. Exactly. No, exactly. So at what point did you guys start creating this company? Like you guys would have graduated, I assume two years ago uh, from university. Um, and then when were you like full on into Mosey, like developing this, building it? What point did that start? And then even just like you guys coming together, like deciding to work together on this, how did that happen? Um, yeah. So, so I guess right when we graduated, Aiden and I both had other jobs. Um, and so we basically, you know, like when you're in fourth year, you're kind of scrambling. I remember Aiden and I were talking about this, like how stressed we were about trying to find a job coming out of fourth year. Um, we eventually found jobs um, and, and so worked there, but kind of at night we were still jotting down these ideas and kind of, you know, ruminating on this. Um, and then I remember uh, I actually had started working with one of our other co-founders because he kind of could, he was more of the technical guy. And so we started building something out. And I remember Aiden quit his job or his, his it ended in September or something like that, Aiden, yeah. or October yeah. or something like that. Yeah, it, it had ended. Um, and so I was like, man, like, come on board. Like we were talking about this earlier on, like, let's just like bring this to the top because our other co-founder was going back to school for another semester. And so Aiden comes on board. And at that point, we were about to launch. This was in uh, about February of 2020. We were about to launch. And I realized, and so I had, I had quit my job because it was becoming a full-time kind of gig at this point. And I remember that's when that, we had raised money, Luke. No, right? no, no, that's when we were talking about raising money. Oh, okay. So, so, so I'd quit my job, and I remember my cousin and I. So Gordo, um, shout out to Gordo. He plays, he plays <laughs> in the CFL. You guys should actually have him on. He plays on the Tiger Cats. Um, and and so, uh, so, so him and I were talking because he was waiting for for the Tiger Cats camp, uh, training camp to start because COVID or COVID wasn't a thing yet. And, uh, and I, we were like working on this full time, but I wanted to get a part-time job. And at the time McDonald's was having these, these commercials where it was like, get a job with your buddy, you know, like, I don't know if you guys ever saw those commercials, but they were like promoting yeah. to get a job <laughs> with one of your buddies. So yeah. I was like, oh, Gordo, man, like, let's go get a job at McDonald's. They're like, it's part-time. It'll be so jokes. We'll have such a good time. And Aiden's like, please, man, like, please, we're coming in with a full camera crew if that happens. And we're like, who gives a shit? Like, we didn't care at all. Like we wanted, we were like fired up to do it. And then about a week before, so we had sent in applications and, and about a week before um, I heard back, we ended up raising like 350 or 400 grand and then did <laughs> the job. Yeah. So, Sorry, so kind of, yeah, but, but honestly, we wanted to do it. And then, and then things just started going really well. Kind of before COVID we launched, we processed 50 or $60,000 in our first two or three weeks. And so we kind of knew we had a proof of concept and then that's kind of what sprung us throughout all of COVID and, and allowed us to get to where we are. Luke was... Luke had, uh, <laughs> Luke had told me that they were going to get this McDonald's job. And I was like, okay, well, I'm coming in. I'm getting like hilarious videos of you flipping burgers in the back. <laughs> and he's like, no, there's no chance. Like, I'm not, I'm just not going to tell you which McDonald's. I'm like, I don't care what it takes. I'm going to go to every single McDonald's. I will like exercise every, like every opportunity to find you and Gordo in the back, like cooking burgers, like making my fries. <laughs> This guy's going to be like breaking up street fights outside the Queen uh, Spadina McDonald's. Yeah, yeah, literally. <laughs> That's unreal. You need, you need like a, 
need to be wearing like a bulletproof vest and, and yeah. Like, like, <laughs> yeah. Riot shield. Yeah. So like it's you guys just casually out of the woodwork mentioned your your three four hundred grand fundraising. But I mean, like people listening for for those for the listeners, like that's a lot of money. And I'm sure for you guys, it's still a lot of money too. Oh, yeah. um, did you guys have a background in entrepreneurship when you guys were progressing through school or was this something that you guys had to like kind of learn on your own, how to even get in front of investors and how to even make that, that dream, even a sliver of a reality? Yeah. So, so Aiden and I both, we had kind of separate businesses and the reason why we went after the event space, um, Aiden can talk about it more, but Aiden actually had an event company. And that's why, that's why we went after the event space first, because we knew we could market to them. We knew the margins were high. Um, and so Aiden knew how to do that. My background was kind of more on the business side. So I had this platform, uh, when we were in university and essentially in first year, I noticed that all my buddies on my floor were playing FIFA, like the, the P- on, on PS4. And I'd, I was always into video games, but I was always into like Call of Duty. Like I was always like into first person shooters and like I played Chell a little bit, but, but mostly mostly Call of Duty. But everyone on my floor was into FIFA. Um, and so I, I realized that I started playing a little bit and I got really into it. And then I started up setting tournaments for just my floor. It was at the beginning, it was just eight people. Um, and then people from the other side, other wing. So I was in Williston, if you know where that is. Oh but- yeah, I was I was in Little House. So right across oh no way, okay, beauty. So 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 people on our other wing started hearing about it, and so and you end up the next week it was like sixteen people, and then people in like Little House heard about it, people in like Bricker heard about it. So it was like thirty-two people. Eventually, we got this tournament up to like two hundred or two hundred and fifty people across like six <laughs> wow. or seven schools, and but everyone was paying ten dollars a week. And, and so I was collecting all this cash from them, right? And so then eventually got to a point where Fortnite had come out and I started doing this with Fortnite because Fortnite like literally just took off like a yeah, rocket ship. Changed so it was, the game. It, was, it literally was insane how easy it was to just get people to funnel into these tournament formats, right? Especially back when it was like so young in 2017, 2018. Um, and so then eventually got that to a point where we could, you know, sell it off to um, a different, bigger company. Uh, and, and so made it, you know, you know, 40 or 50, 60 grand, something around there from that. And then I used that money to actually start with Mosey. And then, and then Aiden actually made, you know, a pretty good chunk of cash too, from, from his event, right. Or event business. And Aiden, I guess you can talk a little bit more about that, but that's kind of where the background came from. Yeah. <clears throat> so what I did while I was at school, I started this company in second year. Um, it was called Revel Entertainment. Essentially we, uh, we worked out a deal with one of the clubs, their stages. I don't know if you guys have ever been there. Yeah. Uh, if not, you should go. But <laughs> we worked out a deal with them, and essentially, we got like the we got the club for free on Wednesdays because they were closed on Wednesdays. So, um, one of my buddies that I started Rebel with, he DJ there and had a good relationship with the owner. So, we got the club free on Wednesdays. We would keep all the door, uh, all the door cover, and then they would take all the bar sales. So we we ended up bringing like a couple big acts. We brought Loud Luxury, um, Oliver Heldens. I don't know, like if you guys really know like the EDM scene, but adventure club, like a, a few others. And we also worked with a couple big brands. We worked with Smirnoff and I, I think uh, Coors, they put on like some university tour. So um, we did that for them. So I, we, through Revel, we ended up generating like about, I think it was like a hundred thousand um, dollars that was kind of like processed and, and run through us. Um, and, and the thing is with Revel, like at the time, and I, I think it's really similar to, to Luke's uh, business is that, when I was starting it, when, when I was doing it, it, it wasn't really like something that, that I was like, okay, I need money. I need to make a business and I'm going to do this. It was more something that I just kind of enjoyed doing. I liked kind of like organizing events. I liked having parties and, and whatnot. So, and it kind of just formed that way rather than like 
really needing money. It was just kind of like right. something I was doing for fun with some friends. Yeah, I wish you guys. I wish you guys saw this guy in university. He was literally like the A one bar star, just styling <laughs> around. Yeah. The, the, yeah, that's oh. incredible. Oh my god, I can't even imagine walking around with like just a, po- a pocket full of just cast some cash, burning a hole in your pocket in second year. Oh. Like, come on, terrifying. Come on, that is scary. <laughs> so, I guess the next logical question here, like at that point in your first and second year in the business program or otherwise, uh, um, it's it's like at that point you've barely even gotten into your education and and what it means to run your own business so like i'm assuming most of that is kind of self-taught because it's not it's not easy it's not easy to start a business even if it's fifa and you're making a a shitload of money you still need like a kind of a business model you still got to get some some structure going on there so how much did your classes kind of help you or was it more just like all right like shit's kind of blowing up i got to figure out watch some youtube i don't know what i got to do i got to figure out how to make it work well yeah so for us it was well for the for the sports it was really easy. Like in terms of all we had to do is what, so I ended up hiring a couple guys. Um, and, and so we set up a website really simple, paid like I think 2,500 bucks to get this website set up where you could have like rankings, you could have people sign up and then you had a portal where people could pay. And there was just a Stripe integration, which is like a few lines of code and, and, and you're kind of set up. And so the only real thing was the marketing, but the word of mouth. And one thing that's like so important, if you look at 70, so I was reading this stat um, written by, A16Z, 70 something percent of technology companies right now thrive because of network effects. So if you think about like Facebook, Twitter, but then if you think kind of along the lines where like Stripe, where you've got like merchants and and consumers, you've got Shopify, right? Like everything thrives on these network effects and these network effects thrive on the student market, right? And so that's why how Facebook was started, how Twitter was started, how Cash App, Venmo, like all these companies got started with the student market. And so word of mouth is the number one way to market to kids. And when someone, when, when a game is as popular as Fortnite was, and virtually every single person, every single guy that I knew played Fortnite at some point, right? So it, you've just got all these people that are like, oh yeah, I'm down. Oh, and my buddy's playing in this, like for sure, I'll throw in 10 bucks this week. And so it was just about kind of, at one point we had so many people that it was just about trying to get recurring people so that we would get people that would play every single week. Um, and that kind of comes, you know, when you get down to the long tail economics, you, you'll figure out who that is, but but with the Fortnite side, it was really, really easy to get on a ton of people paying 10 bucks a week to play in these tournaments where they could win a thousand bucks if they won the thing. And at that time, everyone was around the same skill level. Um, so, so it wasn't too much about like business. It was just, how do I get more people funneled onto this platform right now? And how do I like make sure that they actually love what they're doing? And we noticed that they loved seeing their stats. That was one thing. So we made sure that they could always see their stats, what they were doing. Right. And it was just about talking to the user and it still is today. Right. It's just like, what do you want to see in the platform? How can we make your experience better? Um, and that's kind of the foundation of, of any business, right? Like there's a bunch of bullshit that that's in the background, but as long as the consumer is happy, that that's all that really matters. Yeah. Well, also for, for me, I wasn't in business at school. I I studied politics. Um, at least on paper, I studied politics, (laughs) but, uh, yeah. So like all of like my business experience was, um, self-taught I was, I've actually been doing like sort of like the events and kind of just hosting parties since literally grade nine, I'd be putting on like our, our St. Mike's um like semi-formals like an unofficial semi-formal that's not affiliated with the school because everybody kind of wanted to like drink and and not get not get suspended from yeah it. so so I was doing that during high school and then I kind of just carried that over into university and um and even now like it, it's it, it's a similar 
type of like business that we're running in the way that it's kind of just selling to students. Um, Luke was talking about the network effect. I think it's so strong like among students. Like when you go to a university town, you, you're automatically put in a spot where, where like your whole target demographic is just like bundled into one spot, right? So it's really easy. Well, not easy, but um, the network effect, having that network effect and having people speak and having like, you know, one friend know your brand and then th they go and they tell their other friend and they, you know, send a post on Instagram. It's so strong amongst students. Uh, yeah. Aiden, I just want to ask, why did you go into politics and like you, you went into politics, you obviously had some sort of interest in at least some kind of business or marketing prior to, and, but then even after the fact, you're like, yeah, no, not politics and like into business. Yeah. Well, well, I don't know. I, to be honest, I have no idea. It, I, <laughs> I, took, I took five, I picked five random courses going into first year. And, and then, you know, you know how it is like one of those five that have to be your major. So, okay. and, and my five were like, like when I was picking my courses, I was just trying to pick the easiest ones. And politics was like the only like relatively legitimate uh, class that I took in first year. Yeah. Oh, politics it was. <laughs> That's incredible. So like for, for you guys, um, and and I'm sure the listeners right now are like, what the hell, like, how do I get there? What's like the main piece of advice you'd kind of give um, any of our listeners who are hoping to kind of start out and, and make something of themselves as an entrepreneur? I was actually, I was actually talking with a, a buddy recently and, and he's kind of um, looking at like starting a startup and, and starting his own business. And one thing he was saying to me is that he's like, good for you because so many people have like an idea, but so little people actually act on that idea. So I think like the biggest thing is to start even, I guess like it's, it's tough to jump right in, but even start making baby steps and, and just start, you know, taking action on your ideas. It, you know, they, they can sit in your notebook all day, but once you start doing a few things, then you realize that things are kind of starting to work out and, and that's like the, the best way to get in. Yeah. I agree. I think there's a few things. I think the it, it, one 50% of the battle is just getting started. And so I think that even if you have like a really, really small idea um, and then, and then, but one of the common things that I hear with people who have small ideas, it's like, okay, I have this idea, like what now, right? Like what next, especially if they don't know how to develop code. So I think that the kind of the first thing that you should do once you have an idea is talk to people that are within your demographic, like within your, your market demographic that you're going to go after and ask them if they would actually use that product um, and try to make it not be your friends. Cause your friends are always going to just say, oh yeah, that seems like a great idea. Like, like you need hard feedback. You need people that are going to be brutally honest with you and tell you your idea is shit and why it's shit. Um, and so I think the first thing, the first step in actually getting started is talking with these different users on what they actually want. And then right from there, you can do this right in your notebook, right? Like draw the screens of exactly how it would look. You don't have to be an artist to do that. You can put little buttons somewhere. You can take, you know, inspiration from, from other apps that you like within your phone and figure out exactly how the app is going to look. And so then that's the basis of your wireframes. And now you actually have something that you can go off of. You can bring it back to the people who are within your demographic and ask if they'd like that and what they touch up. Um, and then the hardest part is just finding someone that can actually develop the code. And so I remember one of the things that, that I did when, I, when we were building this website to find someone is Waterloo is right beside Laurier. Now I know you can't yeah. do this during COVID, but we would literally just walk into, into Waterloo's building, like not knowing shit, right? <laughs> and just find a computer science class and be like, hey man, like, can you build a website? And, and eventually like someone's going to know someone who can. Um, and so it's just about, you know, being resourceful, grinding and just, you know, just sticking with it, not, not, not giving up really. 
I want to ask about the, uh, the process of going and presenting in front of investors. Cause I've listened to like other podcasts with, um, there was one specifically that stood out of like a girl who spoke about presenting her product in front of investors. She actually went to Western at the Ivy business program, but like for her experience as a product for women and to go in front of certain groups of people, it was very easy and they like very much understood it. But then she'd also end up in front of a group of older, like cranky men. And they just be like this. I, I do not relate to this product. Like I, this is going nowhere for you guys. Like your product is probably more adaptable throughout age groups and gender and race and et cetera. But that being said, there's still gaps of people who will never use this app and not because of anything that's wrong with the app itself, but just because they cannot see themselves relating to it or using it. So then going in front of investor groups, what was it like? And like, how do you prepare to go in front of different kinds of even just people in general and, and present to them? Yeah. Well, everyone, everyone, there's going to be someone or most people really that think your idea is not good until you've kind of shown them that it's good. I think right. the one thing that really, really helped us is so we pitched to probably when we were raising, so we've raised two rounds that we raised that first, you know, 350 or 400 grand, we pitched to probably 150 investors. Um, and, and a vast majority of them like said no, almost immediately, probably 120, like after one meeting, they didn't want a second one about 30, maybe 40 took a second meeting. Um, and then about we got two offers. Um, but one was just so much better than the other that we had to take it. And really the reason why we got those offers were because they had children, they had sons and daughters that were roughly 18 to 24 that they explained the idea to, they showed our pitch deck and showed our business plan to them. And these kids were like, this is amazing. Like, this is a great idea. And so at that point, like when you're putting in money this early, you're going to get, it's all high risk, high reward. So they knew they were risking a ton of their cash. Um, but they knew that, that if it works out the rewards there and, and, and they'll be, you know, if Mosey ends up becoming a big company, they will be rewarded very, very favorably for, for making that early investment. Also, I think it's important to, to understand, like, as Luke said, not every investor is going to be into what you're giving them. So like 120, we're just, we're not interested at all. I remember one time, uh, Luke, Luke was pitching to this kind of like board of investors and we're all in the office and, and like, so we're all listening in and, uh, this was like our biggest pitch at the time. Like this like, is when we, so we were trying to raise like just over a million dollars. This is like four or five months ago. Yeah. And, yeah. and, it's, and, he, and he's pitching to like third, it's like a panel of like 30 different potential investors. So he, he gives us the whole speech and, and, uh, this one guy, this one guy just completely takes control and no, just, no, because, because they, they, so they liked the whole thing. They liked the whole thing. And then they asked what our valuation was. Yes, that's right. <laughs> and and it, it was too high for his liking. And he didn't think that um, like there was, he's like, where's the merit behind this? Like, and, and, he, and he just starts absolutely going in on Luke, like <laughs> rips him a new one, rips him a new one. And, and at the end of, at the end of the call, like, we're all just like, holy shit. Like that was, that was insane. <laughs> Luke like hangs out like none of us talk for like 10 seconds and we all just start dying laughing <laughs> like oh my god that guy actually just ruined you and it's like okay buddy if you don't like if you don't like the deal keep your mouth shut there's, there's 29 <laughs> other investors who might like it yeah no one, obviously no one there was interested but <laughs> yeah. oh yeah. my god I can't imagine that I'd probably just like I'd probably just like mute myself and turn off my camera just single tear rolls down my cheek yeah, exactly. <laughs> take a minute to regroup you pretend the yeah. Wi-Fi cut out and yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's amazing, yeah. man. Yeah, I can't like 
that guy just yeah come on what a sewer like who knows what other people are thinking and then they're looking around like am i the idiot for liking this like what the hell's wrong with me exactly i had a i had a couple questions about you so so i i I, i'm not gonna lie before this i watched your last episode on the olympics um like (laughs) i thought that was kind of jokes and i like heard a bunch about your trip too um and and then the other episode i listened to was like episode somewhere in the 40s so the one thing that I was curious though is how has the journey changed for you boys from like starting off in the early days like episodes you know one to 15 or 20 to now because what I could tell in episode 90 is it was like a lot more almost rehearsed in a way it's like you guys knew where to go with things and you knew how to kind of feed off of each other um so uh it's actually kind of funny that that's like the way you put it is like as rehearsed and I think it's like in a good way for us because to be honest, when we started, so the way it started was we were all sitting around like playing on our PS4s in second year, I think it was. But this is at the honestly. point of time. Yeah, I think we were playing like Fortnite and ESHL and stuff. Maybe and we this is at the point of time. Tournament. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but this is at the point in time when like uh, I was out at Western. One of our friends was playing in the junior league in Ottawa. McGee was out in uh, Elliott Lake. Like all of us were just spread out everywhere. So kind of like the only way for us to keep in touch was by uh, playing PlayStation like at night. And uh, it was honestly, it was like kind of just pumping our own tires in a way. But we were like, man, like some of the stuff we talk about on here is like pretty funny. Like I think we could start a podcast. Like it would be fun to do more than anything. And we know some like pretty good people and like have some pretty good connections like one of our best friends plays pro hockey and then like throughout all we have friends who play high levels of different things and we're like all right like let's get it started and we came back in our first episodes like we had show notes printed of literally being like from second one to five minutes and 50 seconds we talk about this and then we talk about that and like it was so planned out we had stats we all had the same notes prepared in front of us And as we started going along, we were like, what the hell are we doing? Like, this is not, this does not make sense for us at all. And we just kind of like started getting away from that. And then like when McGee and I come on here now, because it's dropped down, it was five of us at the beginning. We ended up going back to school after that summer and kind of lost it a little bit. Well, and then to it interject, this is before like Zoom was around and like Discord was kind of like just getting started. So it was yeah. really tough to coordinate like the audio quality uh, with like online yeah. video calls. So we tried to do it before, but I like sounded like Optimus Prime and a bunch of us couldn't connect. And it was a whole like, it was just a whole shit storm. So we stopped in 2018, took like a two year break and then came back to it in 2020, like and cut the cut the group down from five to two because other people just dropped out for their own personal reasons. Like we're still buddies with them, no falling out or anything. It was just like, I'm like, Zach and I were just down to get it going again. Yeah. So there we are at the beginning of COVID. We got Zoom now to make it easier for ourselves. Um, yeah. And, and like Zach said, it just didn't fit what we wanted to do. We, we, and part of, oh, telemarketer, but like part of that was just like, not, um, we weren't being true to the lads and launchers. Like it was just too scripted too like yeah. choppy. And, and I'm not going to lie to you. Sometimes we're just like hung over and we have a guilty podcast and it's like, well, like, do you have anything prepared? No, do you? Nah. Like, I'm sure we can figure stuff out to talk. Like, let's just, let's just go. <laughs> yeah. Like, I know that, uh, the only thing that's like really actually written out is we do these player battles. So at the beginning of every episode or like at some point earlier on, so like episode 91, for example, our last episode that we just did, um, it's, it was Steven Stamkos against John Tavares and like a judo matchup. And we just like debate who we think would win in a judo competition between the two guys who wear number 91. And like, you just pick, 
uh, we were both going to pick Stamkos, but then we switched really? to, uh, to Varys just because like Stamkos bum knees, like his knee oh. problems. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. Broke me st- Wait, what was the reasoning behind Stammer? Uh, well, Markham boy. Uh, so we're playing <laughs> pander to the crowd and then, um, I don't know, just he's a champion, man. Like two times Stanley cup. He's got an Olympic gold now. Like, I don't know. I was just rocking with champion on that one, Stammer Markham guy. So shout out for that. But then, yeah, we were both like, we were just talking about it. And at some point we were like, yo, this guy has horrible knees. Like it's, <laughs> he's broken his legs. Like you can't pick him. Like there's no way. Yeah. And then, so, but like we go on, we, I prepare that. And then outside of that, it's like just random notes in here of just nonsense of like things we could talk about at some point in it. And it just goes anywhere. Yeah. yeah. One of the things that resonated with me from, from that episode, I think, I think it was neither 90 or 91 is when you, when you guys started talking about, um, about like dad's clothing and how it's so much different than, than when you're <laughs> yeah. like, younger like, yeah. and how dads just wear really simple clothing. Um, <laughs> and, and my, my theory, my theory behind that is it's just easier. It's just so much easier to just wear simple clothing. You've got a wife. You don't give a shit what you're looking yeah. like. You, know, like just, <laughs> yeah. you want something comfy. <laughs> You got your yeah, sketchers. That's what yeah, I was we were trying yeah. to figure out like at what point does it just like naturally turn into like you transition into the dad clothes. <laughs> the dad clothes. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. So like at that point, it's just it's kind of funny that you say it's like more rehearsed. I think at this point we just like know each other better and like know how it's gonna go and like know some of the things we have to go through just because we have segments, topics, whatever. But other than that, it's pretty much just like free flowing as we go along. Yeah. And, and another question too, like, what about like moderating when you have guests on, like, how do you guys feel? Cause like whenever there's like a, a silence at all, you guys have to jump in, you know? Yeah. Like, how, have you, how have you guys founded moderating over, over the, the show's lifetime? I think again, that's come pretty naturally. Like I think that exactly that little pause was before I answered your question. was a perfect example of that. It's like, we like, I think subconsciously we try to go one in one, but if it doesn't happen, then like, if, someone like you'll just speak up like if, if it, there's a little second of a slight pause and like i kind of look over at zach i see his mouth moving i see those wheels turning and, and i'm like okay like time to shut my mouth but i think we've been doing this long enough where it's and there will be some times where we talk over each other but i think at this point in time it's we're getting pretty good at like recognizing we're, we're aiming for one and one but if it doesn't work out it, like we, we get pretty good at reading who's going to step up and answer the other thing too was like at the beginning when we first started interviewing people we were in the same room and like, if you had a question or you wanted to ask a follow-up, we would just like give like a finger and like show everyone else that you're going to ask a question. And then we got on, it was like the first time we got on zoom with somebody to interview them. And we were both like, this person can see us like putting our <laughs> hand up <laughs> and it just kind of became like, we have, okay, I have to just read your face and figure it out. And then over like zoom, there's going to be times where it's just like a little bit of a pause and I don't know, we've just kind of had to figure that out as it went along, but it has definitely got more natural. Aside from that, Zoom must make uh, interviewing guests so much easier. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it has. Like we before too, like we would have to set up phone calls and have people phone in and like have yeah. uh, it going to one of our phones into a board and then like trying to figure out audio displacement, even just like that. And then uh like now we just send someone a link. Like we send you guys a link, say, Hey boys, like links ready to go. And McGee and I are just sitting in here waiting in the room <laughs> and you guys come in we let you know what we're, we're about to record and it's good to go. It's yeah, also much yeah. easier to see you guys and talk oh, to you. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. So also one thing that I kind of wanted to show off too, we just got our, we just got some new Mosey merch. Okay. 
What do you What do you guys honest honest thoughts? What do you guys think of uh, honest thoughts? But be nice. <laughs> I I back it. I li- I yeah. like that. Yeah. Maybe maybe. Uh, well, I mean, it's, it's you got to mix in some goals there. I think. We listen. We got we got a few different things here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just want to. Oh, there you go. There, yeah. there, there you go. There we go. I <laughs> shared itself as gold. Yeah. I, I, I back the man. Cause like when we were in high school and I'm sure at St. Mike's kind of had the same style, like trends as like our school. Cause we were in a sports school, but like university merch was always just like such a flex. Like everyone yeah. would come in rocking their Sperry's with like their Chino shorts. And then like some sort of university sweater. So I back, I back the university, the university merch. I think it's good. Yeah. I like it. I definitely, you guys, you guys I, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I definitely like what uh, Aiden's got going on there, though. I like the like. This clean. is a new it's, one. This is a new one as well. Yeah, it's a smiley face too. I like that. Yeah, yeah, it's clean. You guys said you're coming out with merch as well. That's what I heard. We yeah. are. Yeah. So we uh, we've actually did all the designs and stuff. We sent it off um, to uh. Well, Miki, actually, you can explain it probably better because you're more in in contact with it. But yeah, so basically, like I was just told my parents like kind of in passing like oh how was your day today and, I, and like they really don't know what the hell i do on this thing other than talk to people and talk to zach so i'm like oh you're good i'm like starting to like design some like clothing items and then it just kind of came out of the boom i was like oh one of my friends actually like is this like a supplier or knows a supplier so i'm like oh really like what the hell okay cool so she hooked me up with this lady who's able to kind of help us out and get a knows the industry and knows how, what to look for and when looking for um new suppliers so we went back and forth it took a while to kind of like explain exactly what we had in mind uh we made some mock-ups so i had to like download the the free trial of like illustrator and photoshop and i had to get cranking and, and make sure get my seven days worth um so then i got my uh, other designs in she's okay no problem sent it off and like we should be expecting like confirmation for pickup i think they said early this week or late this week or early next week it's gonna be within the next couple of weeks so we're looking forward yeah. to that but we kind of based our designs, like, I don't want to spoil anything. Maybe we can, if you guys just want to hang out for a bit, we can show you some, some of the shit we're planning, but we have uh, like a few designs based on like, all, all we can say is that they're based on like other recognizable brands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So basically we just have like our uh, um, sample merch kind of being produced right now. Once that's ready to be picked up, like McGee and I have our own, we're going to hand it out to some of our friends and family, see what they think about it, like what they like, what they don't like. And then once we can make those adjustments from there, like we're going to launch our, our final, uh, or like our first ever merch release. So that's, that's beauty. Yeah. The merch has been so big for us. Like, um, just giving out merch, like at schools, giving it to students and even like for ourselves, like Luke and I and, and Colin, our other co-founders, and like honestly, like everyone who we work with is like always rocking a Mosey shirt or a Mosey hat. I remember actually um, at my uh, at my grandma's funeral, um, oh. Luke and his dad, Luke and his dad came, and it's the visitation. So I'm just like going around saying hi to everyone, and I see Luke pulling up, and he's just rocking the Mosey shirt. <laughs> please, please tell me it was in black and not that yellow university oh, one. Like, it was, uh, he was rocking a Mosey shirt with a blazer on top. Oh, come on. <laughs> he's dominating promoting. You always have to, you always have to. That's, that's one thing. Our whole, our whole team always wears Mosey merch. That's like one thing about, about the startup life is everyone's, everyone's so supportive of Mosey. And like even the developers right now, like we're in the office right here. And there's like half of our developers are in the office, the other half are at home and they're all still grinding away right now in, in the other room, which is like just unbelievable. 
grinding away wearing mosey hats yeah wearing mosey mosey gitch that's perfect that's yeah we're, we're excited we're excited for our merch shop hopefully something comes from it like we i mean right now like we're, we're trying to figure out we're at a point where it's like obviously we're going to keep on doing this no matter what but now it's like we've been doing this since 2018 we're trying to slowly piece together how we can turn this into like a viable income source and so, it's definitely tougher but well one know. one one thing i've seen with with like big clothing brands or not big clothing brands but but some clothing brands that have gotten big when they're really small what they'll do is they'll send um they'll send like one piece of merchandise to the same influencer like every single day and and it's costly there's no doubt that it's costly but eventually this influencer like who gets all this shit all the time is like okay i've gotten this thing like for 200 days in a row now like what the hell is this and then they'll eventually like they appreciate the effort right like that's one of the things that i've noticed is um is when you when you just continuously do something if you're if you're working hard at it usually they'll they'll show you some respect and that's how um i can't remember the brand was but they got pretty big off it. Like, like one of the, I think Kendall Jenner or Kylie Jenner ended up wearing the merchandise after they'd sent it to her so many times. Um, and then they just blew up from there. And now they've got something like 500,000 followers on Instagram. I'll, I'll find wow. the brand after this and, uh, and, and send it to you boys. Even, even we, we did something like that. We, uh, we sent a couple merch pack or, well, I think we sent two merch packs out to Harry Raftis. And then he ended up uh, posting a TikTok of him gunning a beer wearing our hoodie. <laughs> That's <laughs> Yeah, that is unreal. Even for uh, the podcast, you guys can, you guys, Dave Portnoy does those unboxing videos. Yo, oh, yeah. Every day. And, he, and he's like unboxing. He's like, who the fuck are these guys? They <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's actually a pretty good idea. <laughs> yeah. Do you, who's your, who are your guys like optimal guests on the show? Like, I guess to grow the brand, you probably want like some influencers that are big, you know? Like, yeah. So we actually have had like some pretty decent, uh, like some pretty sized sizable guests uh you know like cabby richards has come on uh james duthy paul b Sinet, um mcgee help me out here tim uh, hicks. yeah tim hicks um we had uh aaron spivak who's the owner of uh hush blankets oh, what? um yeah um a lot of it just came from just messaging people on Instagram being like, Hey, we got this podcast, like you interested in coming on and then kind of go from there. Um, Maury Sherman from, uh, kiss 92 five. Like I don't, it, it started with like just hockey guys and like just interviewing hockey guys. And then it just branched into kind of just friends and like people that are like, would find like our friends would find interesting because it was like we we aren't just people who just know sports or like are just interested in sports so for us it just became more about like people that have cool stories or have started businesses or like you guys for you guys to come on here it's like cool for us to get to learn about it and then it's going to be cool because we know people that are going to know you guys so then we'll want to listen because of that so like those kinds of things are pretty cool to tie in it also like this isn't obviously the biggest platform for you guys to come on and like market, but it's also another opportunity for you guys to come here and have some sort of awareness of people who might not have heard about it before. So like for us, we think it's cool to kind of have people like that come on here and be able to share stuff. So I don't know, that's kind of where we've started to go with it is it went from very specific, like sports and hockey people to like anybody that we find interesting ourselves, we want to have on. Yeah. There's like, there's a bunch of like different TikTokers too that like are, that are like kind of in the yeah. same realm as you guys as well. Like, like very, very similar demographics. I'm wondering if you guys can like collaborate with them. I've just always heard that collaborations are the best way to, cause you just bring both of your followings together, you know? It's, yeah. 
For sure. Well, I mean, we had like, on a Ty Bridgewater. I'm not sure if you know who that is. He does like the iced coffee reviews on TikTok. He's like very monotone and wears his hat yeah, down. Yeah, He's yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. all right, iced coffee review. Like he came on, we had him I on, so that was joke. pretty cool. Yeah. But, yeah. That's actually like great idea for us to pinpoint some of those people. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that might be it, boys. Like, like I can't think of anything. Like, you guys, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, talking with you guys. And if you if you wouldn't mind staying on the call just a little bit longer after we let you go, um, I kind of want to run some things by you. Maybe it it'll help the listeners out if they uh, in the future if things go according to plan. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, like I can't thank you guys enough. I had an absolute blast chatting with you. Learned a whole lot, um, and I'm sure Zach feels the same way. Yeah. And before you guys go, like, again, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your stories with us and talking to us about uh, Mosey. But would you guys want to uh, just promo, like, where to find you guys on social media and then, like, kind of when to expect the app officially and what to do with the website? Just brief rundown for all of our listeners. Yeah, 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 sure. So uh, our Instagram is at Mosey, M-O-S-E-A dot I-O. Same with our TikTok. Um, the app is set to be released in early November. And in the meantime, you can use our, our web platform, which you can find at www.mosey.io. Awesome. Thank you, boys. Thanks a lot, boys. Yeah, thanks, thanks so much for, for coming on. Us. Yeah, happy to have you. And you can come back anytime. <laughs> That'll be unreal. Next week. Yep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Perfect. Thanks so much uh, for Luke and Aiden uh, joining us. What an interview that was. Like those guys, just natural born entrepreneurs from the time they were in like their early years of university and already Aiden says he's just walking around with a, already making like, six figures from his event planning business as a second year university student. Yeah. Like, come on. Must be nice. Must be nice. Yeah. But yeah, I, I couldn't imagine. These guys were just destined for it. Like they, uh, they knew, knew what it takes and, and just, just went for it. I think it's pretty cool too, because like, as I mentioned before the interview, it's one thing, like I use Splitwise and we talked about it in that interview with them. I use Splitwise at school. It tracks how much you're paying on all these different things. And you can kind of tell who owes you and who owes what. And it's a good way because like, if you owe me 10 bucks and then I end up owing you five bucks, the app will automatically deduct it. So then it'll just be like, okay, you owe me five bucks now instead of 10. And they just balance each other out until you either get to the point of zero or like it just tracks it back and forth until someone pays it off to make it zero, whatever. But through the app, you can't pay. You have to go and like manually see it, tell the person that they owe you. The person has to pay you through e-transfer. Then you go back to the app and do it. These guys have created this app to the, put the money in there, transfer the funds through there. And then it creates a wallet in there as well so that these funds can build up. And it's like a much easier way because as soon as it's done, it's just off the list and the money gets transferred through there from that person, done. It's a very easy solution. It's a good way to track all these things, track who owes who what and how much they owe them. I think it's a really smart idea. And if you're a university student and like you're someone who is planning parties or you are in a house with people and you got to go grocery shopping and stuff this is an ideal app for you yeah i the, the receipt swiping blew my mind though yeah that's pretty cool that's honestly very very cool that's something yeah, i'm looking forward to take a picture of it whatever you know what items are yours and which aren't because like if you go and buy something for like five different people and it's on the receipt like you can just swipe as to whose is whose it makes your life yeah. a million times easier than having right. to be like what is this? What is the cost of that, et cetera. And then like dividing it all out of the list yourself. Like you take a picture and swipe and it just uploads it. And like I said, with the, on the pod, like during the interview is like, I'm, I'm responsible for collecting bills for my student house. And oftentimes it's like, like I just get the, ask the questions and it's like, okay, well, and I, I'm the, I'm the 
guy who collects, so I have to explain the information and, and how much they owe that, whatever. But if yeah. they can just be, be in it with me and see what they owe like from firsthand as it comes in, yeah, um, it makes, makes everybody life easier. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, thanks again for Aiden and Luke coming on. Man, you get they, they're going they're going places. Like, yeah, they are already on their way. Like it's cool ass application, cool ass guys, um, and we can't wait to work with them moving forward. Like we'll definitely have you having them on again. Um, that was a great interview. Yeah, that opinion. was really cool. So basically, thanks to uh, Aiden and Luke for doing that. That's Mosey, M-O-S-E-A dot I-O on Instagram, as well as their website. Mo- that's exact same thing. Make sure you go check it out. Sign up for the early uh, release. It'll like let you know. I'm pretty sure if you sign up on the website when the app is officially launched. Should be coming out soon. So stay tuned for that. Make sure you follow them on Instagram to get updates on when that stuff is going to be ready. But this is definitely an app that I think everyone that is listening to this podcast would enjoy using. Um, but McGee, with that being said, episode 92, this has been a really good episode chatting about playing hockey again, getting on the Arkells Instagram, just a spontaneous Arkells night that, uh, ended up turning into some really fun. You get to go see your brother as well. Just a bunch of things wrapped into one and then a cherry pit spinning competition. So that's all about all I got to say for episode 92. It's been a blast talking to the guys from Mosey, talking with you, getting to catch up again. I'm going to hand it over to you. Yeah, man, it seems like just the, the longer we kind of keep chipping away at this podcast thing, the cooler stuff sort of starts to happen. I, I got a good feeling about this next year for us. We got our, uh, we got just got a bunch of cool stuff on the way that'll be announced very shortly. And I think I'm just getting jittery as the, as the dates get closer and closer. Cause it's, it's, I think it's just a really cool thing. It's a really cool yeah. thing. Uh, we're excited for it, but the only way to find out what that may be is if you catch us next week, same time, same place, same lawn chairs. Cheers, lads and ladettes. Cheers. Cheers.